football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reeves. Oh, it's hot. It is hot, and there are a lot of people that are hot and bothered figuratively and literally for many, many reasons. Well, we are hot. We are ready to roll. It is another summertime edition of the only digital radio show that is devoted exclusively to underdogs. I am your somewhat capable host trying to cool off. You know it's bad in West Central Florida uh, when I don't have a heater on my pool I'm just giving you a little insight into the Reeves household. We go to get in the pool, and and the temperature gauge on the pool reads 89 degrees. That <laughs> it's heating, and my pool is not one of those little uh, inflatable blow-up kitty pools that would easily heat to 89 degrees. That tells you how hot it is. Uh, try to cool off everywhere across the country. Some of you may be cooler than others. I know this guy's always cool. He is senior handicapper and writer, Vegas Insider. Kevin Rogers is back with me. We have much to discuss. Are you staying cool in South Florida? How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm trying to stay cool. I mean, you get out at seven in the morning and it's hot as anything, <laughs> so you just try to stay inside. It's just it's so it's so dangerous at times to, to walk out of the house. But you know what? It beats the cold, so I'll take it. Yeah, we do we do like this better than when there's four feet of snow like a lot of places in the wintertime. We will take the trade off on that. And by the way, the heat wave is also uh, big in Europe and in France, where they're going to play the Women's World Cup huge showdown game, which we'll probably talk about for a second uh, with the USA and France. But they they are in the triple digits across Europe, which they're not used to as well, setting records. So it's hot everywhere. Is my point. All right, so uh, let's dive in on the on the program here. Uh, wherever you found us, by the way, subscribe. iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Google Podcast. Our friends at Red Circle have the podcast up, but subscribe. It'll come automatically to you on Thursday. Uh, let's begin with some baseball. I promise we'll get to some NBA uh, free agency talk because that gets underway on uh, Sunday. Um, and, and then maybe a little bit about the Women's World Cup, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, on the baseball front, controversy off the field. The New York Mets can't be relevant on the field, but there was controversy. Uh, their weekend series against the Chicago Cubs, uh, where the manager, Mickey Calloway, and can I confess something here? I didn't know who I still don't know who Mickey Callaway is. I didn't know that he's been the Mets manager for the last couple of years. That makes his story even more hilarious uh, to me. The Mets manager and one of his players got into a dust up with a New York media member, and that's been going on for decades. Where where the New York media is confrontational. And New York teams, their players, their coaches, their GMs will get into it with a media member. So this happened after the game, I believe on Sunday, uh, where the reporter Tim Healy, who's a fairly young beat writer uh, with the New York Daily News, has been on the New York Mets beat now for two seasons, questioned Callaway about his use of his bullpen. And Callaway didn't like the question. And, Cal- and Callaway was actually, from what I saw and what I read, was a smart aleck to Healy, first of all, about essentially, what do you know? I'm going to manage my team, how I manage my team. And Healy followed up legitimately with, are you not looking at adapting your strategy because of the problems you've had with your bullpen? A legitimate question. And that's when, that's when things began to go sideways. 
Uh, Callaway, the manager, kind of killed the press conference and walked by and made a snide comment about the question, and, and Healy said something back. And then Mets pitcher Jason Vargas got involved because he could hear this and was threatening to knock uh, Healy out, knock him the F out uh, in front of everybody. And so, Kevin, I lay all of that out. This is this is the most news the Mets have had, like all season, besides injured pitchers. Uh, what do you make of this? Because I've seen you a little bit on social media. What do you want to say here? Well, number one, Mickey Calloway strikes me as the guy that would be like, you never played the game, did you? How would you know? You know, he, he feels like that guy to me, which is the most annoying guy in the world, you know. So other people can't have opinions because they didn't like play at the major league level or play at a high level of, of whatever sport. But from what it seemed like on the surface, yeah, I'm sure Mickey was uh, was annoyed just because they lost and they're having a rough season. I understand that. But from what the whole from, – from where it started, this, this Tim Healy, who actually covered the Marlins for a little bit for the Sun Sentinel before going to New York, he said something like, see you tomorrow, Mickey. And, again, when you read that in print, you have no idea if right. that's truly see you tomorrow or if it's, you know, if he's being sarcastic, say, well, see you tomorrow, Mickey. You know, we don't know. We can't – we don't know that unless we were there. So Mickey's getting upset. And then, I don't know, Jason Vargas didn't even pitch in the game. So it's not like saying that he started and he's getting criticized. Anyway, he has nothing to do with this. And I don't know why he's the one getting involved. He's a journeyman pitcher that's bounced around to a bunch of teams over the years. He's had, like, one good season in his career. He's an average major league pitcher. I don't know what he's doing trying to, uh, you know, threaten when everyone can hear when in today's world of media and social media – you don't just have little microphones. You have video. You have all this stuff. I'm surprised no one had like a video of him doing this. I'm a little surprised by that. But you know, for him to do that, and then I know we're going to talk about it, and then it just bungling up the apology is just a it's just a new form of Mets baseball. Like how they find a way to do these things is just amazing. Yeah. Well, and you're exactly right. The team released a statement. Uh, they always do this. Uh, trying to mitigate it and saying this is not how the manager and the players should act. It's essentially what the stadium, uh, what the statement said. So then it was up to Callaway or Vargas to follow that up and and essentially man up and say I shouldn't have behaved that way. Well, first of all, again, I I purposely when I came into this show, I know nothing about Mickey Callaway. I, I couldn't tell you where he played, when he played. Again, I didn't even know how long he'd been the manager of the Mets. He could have been the manager just for this season. I wouldn't know. It, it, this is not exactly uh, like you're talking about Joe Torre, who won a bunch of of championships, or you go back in the lore uh, of baseball. You know, I, I know one of the things that Vargas brought up is, hey, Billy Martin once punched a reporter, which is true, but that doesn't make it right, and he actually got suspended he got suspended from major league baseball for doing it even if tim healy was in the wrong with this okay even if he was totally wrong we're not going to get an apology from him obviously all mickey calloway and jason vargas have to do is say you know what we were wrong we apologize you know we were out of line all this other stuff even if you don't really mean it just to say it just to cool the fire and be done and then move on. Right. When Mickey Calloway says, you know, Billy Martin once punched a reporter, which we don't even know how true that is, and I'm a fiery guy, you know, that's the old, you know, I'm just, the, that's just who I am. And you know what? People don't want to hear that, okay? And it's not about being soft 
or not want to be offended. It's just nobody wants to hear that. Just be the bigger guy and say, you know what? I messed up. You know, I, I'm the manager. I'm responsible for this. You know, it's my mistake. But for him to do, you know, have this 30-second thing and then about a minute later, PR being like, hey, you need to go back and apologize. And Mickey going to the reporters, oh, wait, wait, hold on one second. I have one more thing to say. Just come on back. I have one more thing to say. Well, I... I guess I'm wrong. I how do you say? What do you say? Sorry. Oh, I guess I'm sorry with this whole thing. You know, it's, it's just an embarrassment. And then Jason Vargas comes out after the game against the Phillies on Wednesday, in which he pitched very well, and they ended up losing an extra innings. I'm sure he's still frustrated over what happened Sunday, and then they don't win, and they're on a losing streak. That Jason Vargas is like, well, you only hear one side, so tell your side then. Right? Why are you? I don't understand this whole like. You only hear one side yeah, of this. So can I interject? You're not the victim here. You're not the victim here if you're the one threatening to knock the guy out. You're not the victim. So the the backlash, and again, the Mets are a last place team, or they're in second to last at the moment. They're below 500. They, they've been, uh, for the most part, a joke over the course of the last 10, 15 years or more. Uh, certainly certainly less relevant than a lot of what goes on in New York. So anyway, that's that's kind of the backdrop of what's happened uh, with the Mets, uh, with them off the field. Um, let's talk about something else, because now we, we will bring this back to the area where I live, and this has been a big national story, about whether the Tampa Bay Rays the baseball team that's been in existence now for 21 uh, seasons uh, and plays their games in St. Petersburg, in downtown St. Petersburg, might they share the team, the franchise, with Montreal, where it's no secret that Major League Baseball has kicked around the idea of putting an expansion team back in Montreal. So at the time we're talking, we're a couple of days removed now from Stu Sternberg, the owner of the Rays, who's owned the team since 2007, having a press conference which did very little to straighten this out, but did an awful lot for the comedic value of the whole thing with talking about playing half the year in Tampa, half the year in Montreal. Sternberg insulting the Tampa Bay area, basically saying that it can't support a team full year round, uh, which, by the way, if we go by that litmus test, there are about 10 or maybe more major league teams that can't that in their market can't support a team full year round because they don't have any fans coming to their games either, if we're using that as the standard. So uh, anyway, Kevin, I'll let you uh, make some comments, then I'll have some other comments. What did you make of all of this, and how realistic, if at all, do you think splitting a season for a major league team, any two teams, would be in two different cities? It makes absolutely no sense. It, it makes zero sense for a lot of reasons. It's one thing to say, and I don't know if you, I think you do remember this. Like 10 years ago, 10 or 12 years ago, the Rays played a few games in Orlando. That's correct. I don't know if you remember that. That's correct. Okay. It's one thing to say if the Rays say, you know what, we can't support a team here year round. We're going to play out of 81 games, we're going to play 20 in Orlando, let's just say. Okay, for people that don't know, Orlando, was it two hours from Tampa? No, about an hour. Probably about an hour, hour and a half the okay. most. Yep. Okay, an hour and a half drive. Okay. You say, okay, we can't, we're going to have some games here, whatever. Okay, so it's not very far. If you want to go to the games, you want to live in Orlando, whatever. But to go from Tampa to another country, to Montreal, in, <laughs> you know, up in Quebec, like, there's a lot of things that don't make sense. So, what, Tampa gets the first half of the season, Montreal gets the second half. What if they make the playoffs? Are the games in Montreal? Like, 
well, I don't understand any of this. Like, how how are you going to make this work? And what's the name of your the Tampa Montreal Expo X rays? I've seen stuff online. Like, what are you calling them? Well, like, the two the two uh, huge elephants, figuratively in the room, are you you got to have two new stadiums to do this because that's the other thing that Stu Sternberg was saying. Uh, we still want this community to build us a stadium, and Montreal will have to build a stadium for a team that will play half the season that's there. So he's almost admitting, uh, and this point has been brought up, that it doesn't matter if we play an, another 40 home games in that stadium. Attendance doesn't matter to help pay for the stadium. But yet, build us one and build us a second one in Montreal as part of this plan. But continue on. Finish up. No, I mean, there's honestly, and there's nothing more to say because I don't know how this makes any sense. It's just not plausible. Like, how do you do this? Like, so you're going to play the 40 games on the front end? Or are you going to play, you know, a homestand in Tampa and then and then a few weeks later in Montreal and back in Tampa? Like, you're going to split the, the suggestion. I'll interject. Like, su- going to work? Right. The suggestion would be they play the first half, April, May, early June in Tampa, 41 games, and then the second half of June through the end of September would be Montreal. And um, again, all right, so here, here are two or three important points on this for the fans all over the place that are hearing us, because I'm obviously somebody that has lived in this area in, uh, in Tampa and in Tampa Bay for now going on 36 years. I've been here through all the travails of trying to get a Major League Baseball team and eventually getting an expansion team. I've been here when the facility in St. Pete was built, and it was almost outdated from the time it was built in the late 80s and the early 90s. Uh, they renovated it some. The Rays play inside in St. Pete. Um, and they, they desperately have wanted for a decade a new stadium somewhere else. So here are the important facts. The deal had been worked out for the Rays to be able to move wherever they wanted, Kevin Rogers. Wherever they wanted. And they chose a site and location in Tampa, near downtown Tampa. Their choice. That deal came into play with, uh, with Hillsborough County and with the city of Tampa to try to get the deal done and get it paid for. And Sternberg and the Rays would never admit and would never offer up what they were willing to pay to make it work. And the clock ran out on the deal. Sternberg and the Rays are 100% responsible, 100% responsible for not doing the deal in the place where they picked and the time frame they had to do it. And there are some who are looking at this as a as a cynic or, or conspiracy that Sternberg has really wanted all along to either spring this plan or move the team entirely to Montreal. And that's what part of this is. Here are some other important facts. He's the head of the committee. He chairs the committee on expansion, relocation. This is his brainchild, and I don't know who else really is going along with this. I think this is one of those where Rob Manfred, the commissioner, and the other owners may be saying, hey, uh, knock yourself out. Stir it up. See if you can get some attention. See if you can get a stadium built. But uh, we're not. who else is going to back this? I don't know that that committee would actually back it, uh, especially after the backlash that's going on here. Uh, And the main part of this is the Rays have an ironclad lease with the city of St. Petersburg. And the city's mayor has already said they can't negotiate with Montreal, period, the end. We have to give them permission. We're not going to do it. So I think this goes nowhere. This ultimately will die out over the course of the next few weeks, few months. It will go nowhere, and you will hear more frustration 
uh, from Sternberg. But again, this is another dirty secret, Kevin, because you're down in, in Miami uh, where the Jeter Group bought the Marlins from Jeff Luria, where there is a new stadium. How long has Marlins Park been in existence now? What, about six, seven years? Something like that down in South uh, Florida? I think so, it was, I, I want to say it was 2010, I believe. 2010, so we're going on almost a decade. That park sits mostly empty, as you know, almost every night. Just like Tropicana Field in St. Pete sits empty mo- almost every night. But those two teams rake in tens of millions of dollars in profit from their television deal with regional cable. In our case, in this state, it is Fox Sports Florida or Sun Sports showing the games. So it doesn't matter that they only have a few thousand people coming to the games. They're still profitable. Stu Sternberg is still making money here year after year off the television deal and minus what little he pays in payroll. And the same thing is the case with the Marlins. They can have 3,000, 5,000 people there per game and still make money. So that's the dirty little secret on all of this. I just don't believe this is going to go much further. And, and look, there are a couple of other examples. For example, Kevin, the Packers used to play home games in Milwaukee. Two or three of them a year out of the eight home games they had they would share them with milwaukee to grow the fan base that went on for many many years they've now done away with that they don't do that anymore it's not unprecedented the teams would occasionally play a home game uh, in the nfl the nba major league baseball the nhl in another market but to say split half the year in another city uh and build two separate stadiums to do it uh, i think we're in agreement that it's it's silliness uh, on that front. All right, anything else on the baseball front, or do you want to move on to the NBA real quick? Well, let's move on to the NBA. All right, uh, I think you're the only one that has not opted out of his free agent deal here from Three Dog Thursday, so I thank you for that. Uh, Kawhi Leonard did so, opting out of his player option uh, deal with the Toronto Raptors. So did Kevin Durant this week with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, what do you make of this? I guess, first of all, uh, I was reading an interesting uh, article that you have up on Vegas Insider that's all about what, what's going to happen with Kawhi Leonard, uh, what's going to happen with Kevin Durant now that they've opted out, who are the odds-on favorites. What What is your opinion? Does some believe that Leonard opting out of the deal is a good thing because he's going to get the player maximum contract offer from Toronto and he may sign it? Do you buy that, that he's, that he's doing this because he really wants the long-term deal to stay in Toronto, Kevin? Yeah, I don't blame Kawhi Leonard because I think this – here's the difference between the situation with him and Durant. Obviously, there's a lot more factor with Durant. But I think when Kawhi Leonard went to Toronto, I think he wanted to play somewhere after things kind of fell apart in San Antonio. But I do think that uh, – I do really believe that he wants to see how it all played out. And by seeing how – they won the championship this year and how he basically carried the entire franchise. I think he's going to stay put in Toronto. I really believe the ops out. Now gets a fresh deal. You know, I, I think that's, and that's where a lot of people get this list. Sometimes they say, Oh yeah, opt out means you're leaving. Not necessarily. It just means that you have the player option and now you can just scratch it and, and do something better. And the now, team and the team is the only one that can give you the maximum contract. And that's what Toronto can give him. So in other words, if he were to sign as a free agent for the Clippers, which is being rumored, or the Nets or the Knicks, he would have to take less to do that or convince Toronto to trade him with the max contract for something in return. But you and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. If they win the finals and you're the conquering hero, which he is, how do you leave? I, I still stick to that. I, I think you can make all the money you want to make and still be the conquering hero in Toronto, Kevin. 
Well, absolutely. And and right now, the Raptors are still, I mean, they are the class of the East. They weren't the eighth seed that came back and won. You know, maybe Milwaukee's got a little bit more talent than them, but Toronto was still the number two seed when it was all said and done. So they're still, you know, a top-tier team. You don't have LeBron in the East anymore. So there's no reason to think Toronto couldn't go to the finals again next year. Now, as far as Kevin Durant goes, you know, it, we thought the whole time he may be going to the Knicks. He may not stay with the Warriors. With these rumors coming out about how the training staff maybe misled him and then he got hurt, I think that guy is so gone. I think he is going to maybe the Knicks. I don't know if he's going to the Nets necessarily, but I think that guy is so gone from Golden State that he got his titles. I think it worked out because he got the championships, but he still probably felt like an outsider. It wasn't the same thing when LeBron came to Miami because it really was like a brotherhood with LeBron and Wade and Bosh, where I don't feel like it was the same thing with Durant, that he was always questioned when he, you know, the reason for going to Golden State from Oklahoma City, you're just chasing rings. You know, for a team that had won 73 games right before you got there, I think that that guy is with that injury now. I think he's as good as gone. And where do you think he might end up? Because I'm looking at some of the odds here. Uh, for example, the guys at BetOnline.ag have the Raptors as the favorite to resign uh, Kawhi Leonard, but then uh, the Clippers uh, as the second betting favorite, and then the Lakers in front of the Knicks. In terms of Kevin Durant. Uh, they have right now that the favorite would probably be either the Knicks. I, I saw a thing where the Knicks or the Brooklyn Nets might get involved. You still play in New York, but you don't play for the Knicks organization. Do you buy that, that Durant would go to Brooklyn instead of the Knicks? The only reason why is that maybe Kyrie Irving goes there. It seems like Kyrie and, and, and Durant are kind of tight. So, you know, that's – I mean, look, you are playing in a, in a relatively new arena, Barclays Center, and uh, – it's New York. Made the it's New York. Year. It's New yeah. York. But you know what, though? I, I think, you know, he could be really the savior of the Knicks franchise. And I know people want to go to, why well, would you go to the Knicks? You know, they've been losing for years, their ownership, and, you know, with Dolan, he's a hard ass, all this other stuff. But at the same time, you could still be, you could still save, you still have incredible crowds that go to Madison Square Garden. You still have the celebrities there. You still have all of that, that you can be the savior to New York City basketball. And why not? You know, you're going to miss most of next year, but why not do it? And he's got his championships. I don't believe in the, well, you're at, you're in Golden State. You just keep winning with them. To try something. You're going to New York. You're going from San Francisco to New York. You know, you're not going from San Francisco to Sacramento or something. I just think that, he will end up going to the Knicks. I think Kawhi stays put. I think Kawhi proved after this past year he doesn't have to go to the Lakers with LeBron or go to the Clippers. I know he's from Southern California, but he doesn't have to go to those places to try to win. He can win in Toronto. So I think that he stays put. All right, we'll see what happens. Again, NBA free agency begins Sunday night. Where does Kyrie Irving end up? He's opted out of his deal. Uh, the shuffling, the moving and shaking. We already know Anthony Davis traded to the uh, to the Lakers, but has yet to agree so far has not to a long term contract extension with the Lakers, and maybe that plays out over the course of the next year. We'll find out uh, how that plays out. All right, one more because I know we got to go. Women's World Cup on Friday. It's big in my household because my eleven year eleven year old daughters care. A lot of people, patriotism, etc., will be watching this. It it is a mega event in Europe. 
And around the world, they will be caring about the United States against the host country, France, who's good, quarterfinal game. Kevin, what do you make of it here? Because this is a big deal. We get into these kind of things in and around the Olympics or something like a World Cup. The, the women have a chance to go back-to-back and win the Women's World Cup for a second straight time. What about it? Any thoughts on this? Go USA? Yeah, I mean, we'll see. it's going to be tough, you know, and uh, they needed the two penalty kicks to, to win the last game. So hopefully... Uh, I don't have a lot of opinion, to be honest with you. Well, and the other and the other part of this is there was controversy around those penalty kicks, and you just wonder if there's going to be controversy in this game. Again, it's the home country, France. They're talking about already right now, it's over $1,500 for any seat, and we're still a day away from that game at the time. We're doing Three Dog Thursday for Friday afternoon, Friday evening's game in France. We'll find out what the women can do with the Women's World Cup. And Kevin, uh, once more, I know uh, that we've put basketball in the NHL to bed, Football will be here soon, but you still got all kinds of great information on everything on VegasInsider.com, sir. Yeah, we do. Baseball still rolling along. WNBA and CFL as well, so you can still bet on those. They are rolling along, but also we're on the doorstep of July. So we basically, you know, we could turn the page. Training camp start at the end of July. College football, the previews are starting to come out now in the stores, so we're getting closer to football and I know day to day, Oh, where's football at? It'll be here soon, but uh, still plenty going on with the free agency and the NBA is obviously going to be a big story over the next few weeks as well. So you can check all that stuff out at VegasInsider.com or on Twitter at TwitVI. And follow this man. He's a great follow at VI Rogers for Vegas Insider, VI Rogers for Kevin Rogers. Follow this show at Three Dog Thursday. Kevin, thank you. I appreciate you hopping on, talking baseball, NBA free agency, and much more in another edition of the program. Thank you, sir. All right, you got it. There he goes. There's Kevin Rogers. I'm TJ Reeves. Again, subscribe to the show, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. However you found us, it'll come automatically to you. It's the only digital radio show where we talk underdogs. We'll be picking those games for the fall for college football and the NFL before we know it. For now, we're out here on Three Dog Thursday. Bye.